Welcome to Radiant Alchemy with Sakara Ray. Take a little break and join me for a short little while while we contemplate ways that we can make our lives easier and more joyful and live more authentically in our life's purpose. Let's get started. Hello, dear ones. It is almost the weekend. I want to thank you for bearing with me the last two weeks. I know the podcasts have been late two weeks in a row. Um, I've been having some computer trouble and I just haven't been able to be as connected to technology or able to do things as easily and efficiently as I ordinarily do. So thanks for your patience and hopefully we'll have things resolved soon. Um, Anyway, on this gorgeous, gorgeous day, as spring is most definitely here, I've been thinking a lot about change and that even when it is the most wonderful thing, change is stressful. So, you know, even things like getting married or starting a family or building a home uh, or even taking a vacation, you know, you feel that stress of making sure you have everything packed or, um, you know, that you haven't forgotten your toothbrush or your airline tickets or what have you. So even good things, good change um, can be stressful. But I'm thinking more specifically about important changes that we need to make and the resistance that we have to it. So I would actually like to start by reading something from the Tibetan book of Living and Dying. And if you are one of my meditation regulars, you know that probably at least once a year, I will read this as an important um, moment of truth, a little come to Jesus moment, if you will. So here goes. I walk down the street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I am lost. I am hopeless. It isn't my fault. It takes forever to find a way out. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place. But it isn't my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it is there. I still fall in. It's a habit. My eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. I walk down another street. Friends, I think that is some of the most beautiful, compelling, moving little, (laughs) I don't know, not poem, but little bit of writing that I've read in my lifetime. I, I come back to that so often because I love the beauty of the evolution where something happens and we don't understand. And then something happens again and we sort of pretend we don't understand And then if it happens again, it's almost like, well, we just know this is how it's going to go. 
and then we kind of tried to sidestep and go, oh, I'm, out gonna, I'm going to outsmart this. And then finally we just go, you know what? This just doesn't work at all. I'm going to just choose another path. And I think that's often the case for any kind of important change. So I want to start this, even though this may end up being a day of uh, maybe firmer truths or checking in with yourself by saying that real change takes time and it seldom, if ever, is successful on the first attempt. Um, even when I did social work and I worked with women and children who were victims of domestic and sexual violence, the statistic is that on average it takes a woman between 7 and 11 times to leave for good. So even though women would show up in our shelter ready to escape the situation, um, ready to make a new life for themselves or their children, uh, there were several women that we would see. Uh, I think I was there for almost six years and there were women that I saw six years in a row because to make a big change, uh, it, it takes a lot. So I think this is both an encouraging and a revealing piece of writing in that it may take more than one attempt and that's okay as long as you are progressing. And that's really what stands out to me when I read this is that it may keep happening, but you're slowly sort of changing your mindset and owning the responsibility of the situation. So what I want to talk about specifically today is our resistance and our aversion to change and sort of being stuck in that first paragraph of I'm down the street, I fall in the hole, I'm lost, it's not my fault, I don't know how to get out of here and how we can evolve more into, I'm just going to walk down another street. So every single one of us, no one is immune, every single one of us falls victim to that initial paragraph, whether it is, like I was saying before, abusive or unhealthy relationships, or something like you know alcoholism or addiction, um, unhealthy eating, sedentary lifestyle, just not living up to your fullest potential. There are any number of ways where we can just resist change and that we put things on other people. And dear ones, I am here to tell you that if you are waiting for another person or a different situation to change, your life is going to stay exactly the way that it is. The only way that you will make progress in your life is if you change. People do not change unless they want to. You cannot ask or expect anyone to change. If you have a relationship, and I don't just mean an intimate relationship, I mean any kind of relationship, a friendship, um, a work environment, uh, you know, maybe something even within like health and fitness or your social scene, if there is a relationship that is not serving your greatest good or helping you work towards your greatest potential, it is not fair or realistic to ask or expect the person that is not holding you up anymore to change. You're the one that needs to change and it may mean that you need to put a little bit of space or a little bit of time in that relationship, 
let it cool off a little bit. Um, or it may be that it just needs to end altogether. I think we've all experienced that as well, where either we have sort of backed off of a friendship over time that just hasn't felt like it's worked anymore, or maybe someone has backed off from us. And while it can be painful, um, we have to honor our own path and our own course in this life. So as you are getting ready to make change, make sure that the people that you're surrounding yourself with and your home and your environment are really there to serve you and encourage you and keep you on track. Now, an example that comes to mind, um, I feel like I can tell this story because it's been many, many years and I don't live or work in that same location, although certainly there are people that listen all over the country. I don't think this person is listening. Um, many, many years ago, when I lived in a different area of the country, I worked for a chiropractor and there was a client that came in regularly. He was very pleasant, educated, kind, very you know personable and easy to get along with, and unfortunately had had a surgery where something had gone awry and they were left with this permanent, um, I don't want to say disfigurement, but something had gone wrong where something was now incorrect within like the structure of this person's core. And it was like their abdominal muscles weren't able to support them or like keep their core up. And so what ended up happening because of this impairment um, is that this person ended up gaining a significant amount of weight to the point that they became dangerously obese. And so in an effort to turn things around and you know, prolong their life, they opted for um, gastric bypass surgery. And as you know, most of the time you have to lose, you know, say 50 pounds going into it because the doctor wants to see that um, you're really willing to do the work. I don't remember if this person had lost weight going into it or not because of the circumstances of the injury and debilitation. Um, but what ended up happening was I saw him a few weeks after the surgery and you know, still very pleasant, still very easy to talk to. Um, and I will say that this person never portrayed themselves as a victim, never complained about what happened, um, did not portray any kind of bitterness that I could see, had really um, sort of just adapted as well as one could to having a botched surgery that left them with a worse limitation than what they went in for and having gained a significant amount of weight. Um, but obviously this person was not eating healthy. And as you know, if you have bypass surgery, you can eat very, very little. I think only maybe two to three ounces at a time. And so what was happening was um, he kept going to, I think Burger King was his place of choice. And what, I don't know, is that a, a Whopper or a Big Mac? I, I think it's a Whopper. Whatever the thing is at Burger King. Um, he was not able to eat this anymore without getting sick. He could only have a few bites and then he would end up throwing up. So rather than choosing to stop going to Burger King or eating fast food, what he started doing every day for lunch was buying you know, some meal combo, 
the Whopper and the fries and the Diet Coke or whatever. And I'm not kidding you, he was taking it home and putting it in a blender. And I can barely say that without gagging. And he was drinking a liquefied Whopper and fries. Bun, condiments, you name it, all, oh my goodness, liquefied. <laughs> oh my goodness. And he was drinking it because if he drank it, he found that it would stay down. And I don't know if I was able to keep a poker face as he was telling me that because I was, I was floored that he was willing to go to this length not to change. And I just think that's one of the most compelling experiences I've had in my lifetime of someone's resistance to change. And I will grant you that really how he arrived to the place that he was being massively overweight truly was not his fault. But to go under a second procedure to change and save your life and to think that no effort needs to be made on your part is a, a great error and a great disservice, um, I think, to the medical field and also to the temple of your own body. So I, I still struggle with that when I think about him and I wonder how he's doing now because it's been, oh my goodness, well over a decade, if not close to 15 years since I last saw him. But I think it's that perfect example of um, we expect the world to change for us. So here he was in this body that he didn't ask for and wasn't expecting. And somehow with this procedure, he just thought, oh, the doctors and this gastric sleeve are just going to do the work for me. I don't have to do anything. They're going to implement implement the change I don't have to change and that's just so false it's so so false and I know it's an extreme example but I think all of us do that to some extent you know we we bargain with ourselves as to why we're going to continue in the relationship or why we're going to make an exception and eat the junk food or you know why we don't have time to exercise today and you know truth be told I will I'll throw myself in there because I'm just as guilty as everyone else and uh, it, it took me a long time to find a way to eat that agreed with my body and having an autoimmune condition that prevents me from being able to indulge in things that other people can indulge in um, I can't have caffeine I can't have alcohol uh, I wouldn't smoke even if I could but I really don't, my body will not allow for any vices. So I don't get to partake in any kind of substances where I become very, very ill. And so really my only method of escape is food. And even though I have a very delicate system and I have to eat very, very carefully, if you have a bowl of ice cream in front of me, I'm gonna eat that bowl of ice cream or a piece of chocolate and what I did for a long time, many, many years, probably a decade, was think if I heal my body, if I heal my gut, if I get my autoimmune condition under control, I should be able to eat whatever I want, right? Because if my body's healed, it won't be rejecting things. It won't be seeing food as something that requires um, an immune response. 
it'll just assimilate it and um, you know draw the nutrients and it'll be fine so for many many years I walked around thinking I just need to do a little bit more work and then I can eat whatever I want and so I would do really well for about six months and then I would like everyone else come up with excuses and say well you know I've been really good or ah, it's the weekend like I'm just gonna have a piece of pizza or hey it's my birthday I'm gonna go out for ice cream and that thinking is false, even though I had done all of the work and I eat perfectly 99% of the time. I had to stop thinking about it in terms of rewarding myself for my hard work and really just look at the facts that there are foods that promote inflammation. So in reality, no matter how healthy I get or how much I heal my gut, do, how is it worth it? Is it worth it for me to have those few minutes of pleasure for what the result is going to be in a few hours or even for a couple of days or in an extreme case, if I ingest something that really, really sparks an autoimmune response, it could take weeks or even months for my system to fully get back on track. So um, there are some things that are, you know, um, the word is escaping me, controversial. So, you know, kind of the big ones are sugar, nightshades, gluten, dairy, things like that, that tend to promote inflammation. But um, with my condition, there is also sort of some back and forth about whether or not eggs feed this condition. And I love having eggs. And it's something that I sort of wrestle back and forth with. But anyway, my point is, even I have resistance to change. And my promise to you is always that I will never tell you something just to tell you something. I will never say it just to say it. I will only talk to you about things that I know to be true from my own personal experiences. Um, I'm not going to tell you to eat broccoli if I'm going through the drive through at Taco Bell. I'm not going to tell you to do technology fasting and fall asleep watching TV all night. Um, I'm not going to tell you to get out and exercise while I'm laying on the couch all day on Saturday. I'm only telling you things because I know them to be true. So I just wanted to throw my own disclaimer in there that even I have that resistance to change, um, especially in terms of food, where I have to go back and forth and contemplate, is this really good for me or am I resisting it because I, it's just something that I want? And the real, I think where the real change comes, and I'm using food as the example, is when I start to feel really, really good in my body, I actually don't crave that food anymore. So there was a period of time where I didn't have any chocolate for, I think, four months. I'm going to admit that I don't go four months without chocolate now. But I felt so good not eating it that I actually got to a point that I'd gone long enough without it that I wasn't craving it anymore. And that is going to be true for you in any circumstance. So if you can get yourself out of um, an unfulfilling or tricky or unpleasant relationship, if you can get into the habit of movement versus being sedentary or um, being proactive versus procrastinating. If you can put in the time and stick with it, I promise you there will be a turning point where you will no longer crave that addictive tendency or whatever that initial reward was 
that was giving you the resistance to change. So my best advice to you is to set yourself up with people that will support you, set up your home environment in a way that supports you, and then just schedule it, whatever the changes you want to make, like as a to-do item, and then give it time. And with time, that change will come and you will be so glad that you did it and you will not miss the life that you had before. So I hope that this serves you well. I would love to talk to you more about change. It is the basis of most of my coaching. Um, it's what I do. It's what I'm here for. So if you have something specific that you need guidance on, just give me an email. Give me a call. Let me know how I can be of service to you. Um, Again, thanks for bearing with me. Enjoy the weekend. It's supposed to be phenomenal. And I will catch you again in a few days. Take care, dear ones. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about Sakara Ray and Sheeler or get in touch with me, please go to my website, www.sheeler.net, or send me an email at ray at Hope to hear from you soon.